welcome to the St. Nick's Holy Week podcast, Walking the Way of the Cross. In this series, we will follow in the footsteps of Jesus on his journey to the cross. With each episode, we will draw closer and closer to the moment of his death, and eventually, our final station will bring us to the moment of his resurrection, to the empty tomb on Easter Sunday. Each episode will focus on one of the 15 biblical stations of the cross. For each station, there will be a short reading, followed by three reflections from different perspectives, and ending in a time of prayer. Each part will be read by a member of our congregation here at St. Nick's. The reflections are from Walking the Way of the Cross, written by Stephen Cottrell, Paula Gooder, and Philip North. There are images that accompany each station, which were created by Nicholas Markell. These can be found on our website at stnicks.org.uk backslash Holy Week. You may want to find the one for this episode before you begin. We hope that this resource would encourage you during this week, and we pray that wherever you are and in whatever circumstance you find yourself, you would more fully be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ this Easter. For more information or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Welcome to this podcast. Both before and after our station and reflections, we'll have a short series of gathering prayers and concluding prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus told his disciples, If any wants become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Once we were far off, but now in union with Christ Jesus, we have been brought near through the shedding of Christ's blood, for he is our peace. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in your tender love towards the human race sent your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, to take upon him flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Grant that we may follow the example of his patience and humility and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. We now have our station and our reflections. The first station, Jesus in agony in the garden of Gethsemane. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. A reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verses 32 to 36. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. 
he took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Reflection A by Philip North Not what I want, but what you want. The little boy waited with absolute patience for his moment. He could only have been two or three, but he timed it to perfection. The moment his mother turned away, he was off, running as fast as his little legs could carry him down the high street, his face alive with joy. Of course, it didn't last long, and his mother soon outpaced him, but the look on his face said everything. That short moment of freedom meant everything. That child wanted control over his own life. And that is something we value even more as adults. It means everything to us that we can make our own decisions, begin and end our own relationships and choose for ourselves where we live and how we earn. In the Garden of Gethsemane, it is this precious control of his own life that Jesus hands over. He could have avoided the cross and lived life exactly as he wanted, but he doesn't. Not what I want, but what you want, he says, and entrusts himself wholly to the Father. Why? Because he knows that it is when we willingly hand our freedom over to God that we find in him a freedom that lasts forever. No matter how much we value the capacity to make private decisions, in the end that cannot set us free. Whether we like it or not, we are captives. We are chained up by responsibilities and expectations. We are bound fast by sin and death. We find freedom when we sign over the rights to our own lives and offer them to the Father. In the short term, that may not be the easiest of paths, but ultimately, it is the path of liberation. Today's second reflection is by Paula Gooder. Remove this cup from me. It is tempting to imagine that life was easy for Jesus, that so sure was he about who he was and who he was called to be, that he faced suffering and death with calm and equanimity. It is certainly the case that at other points in the Gospels, Jesus appears to face what lies ahead with profound composure so much so that he even prophesies about his own death on numerous occasions. Any thoughts in this vein that we might have about Jesus' emotions about his death are put firmly in their place by Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. The words used to describe how he feels here communicate an overwhelming sense of anguish, distress and grief. Indeed, against the backdrop of Jesus' composure elsewhere, his distress and agitation, 
which the passage implies were as much physical and verbal, must have been horrifying to behold. Even more than that, the passage makes clear that Jesus would do anything at this point to avoid what lies ahead. It is often said that bravery is not found in people who feel no fear, but in those who face their fears head on and do it anyway. Jesus here models for us what true bravery looks like. He knows exactly how terrible the next few days will be for him and is profoundly distressed at the prospect. Nevertheless, he agrees to face them anyway. Brave is not normally a characteristic associated with Jesus. But this passage makes it clear that brave is exactly what he was. Our third reflection is written by Stephen Cottrell. He began to be distressed and agitated. I liked him when he was strong, turning over tables, casting out demons, catching the scribes in the snare of his rhetoric. He was strong even when kneeling down and washing feet. When he was strong, I was strong, and it was joy to follow him. Oh, don't get me wrong. Following him wasn't easy. I didn't understand him. But he made me feel good about myself and good about the world. He brought hope, a stability and a purpose that was lacking everywhere else. And I liked it that the religious and the powerful felt the same way too. Only what was joy to me was a terrible threat for them. But I believed in him. I believed that he could even overcome their power. So I followed. Only at a distance. I'm not Peter or John, nor even Mary. But I see something in him that I want so badly in me. I want my demons cast out. I want my feet washed. And I want him to sweep away the junk and corruption in my life. And I want his stories to be true. Those wonderful stories of hope and forgiveness and of a God who loves me. So it isn't easy to see him weak. To see him scared. The others are all asleep. But he is awake with a restless agitation. He sees what is coming, but he wishes it were different. I know this feeling too. Knowing where you must go, yet longing for another way. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you entered the garden of fear and face the agony of your impending death. Be with those who share that agony and face death unwillingly this day. You shared our fear and knew the weakness of our humanity. Give strength and hope to the dispirited and despairing. To you, Jesus, who sweated blood, be honour and glory with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and for ever. Amen. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal,
have mercy upon us. Let us pray for the coming of God's kingdom in the words our Saviour taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen. Let us pray. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Christ was manifested in the body, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, glorified in high heaven. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. May God bless us, that in us may be found love and humility, obedience and thanksgiving, discipline, gentleness and peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Holy Week podcast, Walking the Way of the Cross. Join us tomorrow for another episode as we journey closer to the cross of Christ. The readings and prayers to use in this episode are from Common Worship, Times and Seasons. The reflections are from the book Walking the Way of the Cross and written by Stephen Cottrell, Paula Gooder, and Philip North. Published 2019 by Church House Publishing. Copyright 2019 by the Archbishop's Council. Narrated by members of St. Nick's Durham. Original music by Sam Rankin. Special thanks to Philip Alsop, Brandon Hurlbert, and to everyone who made this project possible.